It's the 93 WIBC mashup. The best moments of the day on 93 WIBC. Tony Katz on the 93 WIBC mashup. Mr. Carl set in the mood for Valentine's Day. If we can help, if we can help this Valentine's Day, you tell us. You need me to send Matt Bear out there, a little foot rub action, he'll do it. You don't want my help, no. Oh, yeah. What, you, you, gonna, you just going to steal her right away? <laughs> you want my foot rubs, you don't want my help. Oh. Okay. I, I, I think you'd be fine. But this is a day for love, Matt Bear. Oh, it is. This is a day for love and people doing way too much overspending to try and prove the love. I was going to say it's a day for spending a lot of money on things we'll never see again. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. Like like the person you're spending it on, because <laughs> you know that. <laughs> right, right. You know that tomorrow they'll be gone. Yeah, <laughs> they just want to give me a dear bear letter <laughs> in the right. dear bear in the fridge. I'm freezing um, on the trenches in Normandy. Holy cow! Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just, dark. just got deep. <laughs> I, I will. I will say to you all, Damn, Valentine's Day uh, holds uh, a place in my soul. Weirdly enough, there I have a thing with my family in holidays, where my my father was born on inauguration day. My mother was born on Independence Day. My grandfather passed away on Valentine's Day. That's a That's a terrible thing to have happen. But I went on my first date with my wife on Valentine's Day 30 years ago today. That's an absolutely true story. I don't talk much uh, about me, but there has been a lot of just walking back through it saying, dear Lord, how many people lost the over-under thinking this wouldn't last? You're marrying who? Have you seen him? No, 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 no. Three months tops. The Detroit Lions will win a Super Bowl before this lasts. Well, <laughs> showing them, I guess. I, I don't think that was the, the plan or the caring. But yes, it, 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 it holds a place. Now, does it have to hold a place for insane spending and, and ridiculous gifts? No. Let me give you an example. You do not need to buy the stuffed teddy bear. I've been alive a fair amount of time, Matt Bear. Let's say that's a fair amount of time. More than some, not as much as others. I think think that's good. Uh, No one I have ever met, no woman I have ever met said, a stuffed teddy bear, thank you. Finally, I feel that you love me. Did you ever get a woman a stuffed teddy bear? No. Okay. Maybe that's why she hasn't said it. I don't know. No. No. Oh, no, no, no. She said it. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to brag or nothing. Well, yeah. But two words for you. Hot damn. Oh, <laughs> she said it. That's right. You don't need that. Um, the, the, the concept of the chocolates. I would never go against it because we've got really good places that do chocolates. 
if for some reason you're downtown today, uh, South Bend was doing the chocolate-covered strawberries by the pound, mm. honestly, nice little treat. It's a nice little, hey, I was thinking of you. It's a nice little, hey, something to enjoy. It's, it's a bit decadent. It's a bit rich. In, in, enjoy that. Take that. That's, that is acceptable. Jewelry. Now, if you're buying from PA Jewelers, part of Premier Arms in Brownsburg, 3754 South Green Street, the answer is yes, and it's the only gift you can get. And if you don't get jewelry, you're going to hell and your marriage is doomed to fail. Your relationship will never go anywhere. I'm not going to lie. If you don't go to PA Jewelers in Brownsburg, inside Premier Arms, and get a serious amount of jewelry, uh, you're going to die a virgin. I'm sorry. That is, that is, that is scientifically proven. And, and I, I, I just I want to make sure I shared it. Feels a little draconian. I don't know. No, no. I'm, I'm, all, all I'm doing is being honest. Okay. Oh, Somebody sorry. has to be honest with the people of Indianapolis. Who's it going to be? Joe Hogsett? <laughs> I'm right here. So, so, yes, but that's the committed relationship. Don't buy the jewelry for the person you're thinking about getting serious with. Don't, don't do that. Buy it for the person that you are serious with. And, and uh, for any, for any couple that doesn't understand this, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, uh, here's here's my, my my problem with all relationships. I find that the vast majority of them, they don't actually talk to each other. They base things uh, on on an idea of, of of pretend. We'll never really get into the serious conversation. My wife and I understand that every piece of jewelry purchased, and I will admit, for the first twenty seven years, twenty eight years, uh, I, I I didn't make enough of a living to count. Uh, so no, there were there were very few things. All of it has to be considered something that when the you know what hits the fan, you could sell it. There might be one piece that you always hold, but even in the end, that might have to go too. If you're not if you're not willing to part with it, uh, uh, ladies uh, for guys and guys for ladies, or you know guys for guys and ladies for ladies. I am so modern. Um, if, if, if they're not willing to part with it, and that is a great sign that you shouldn't be buying it for them anyway. I want to be clear. I am not down on relationships. I am pro-relationship. I am just opposed to the idea that people don't honestly address these things. And they play in these, in these false spaces that you see on, on uh, sitcoms. Well, you have to celebrate Valentine's Day for a week. No, you don't. And it's weird that you would think so. Well, you got to get me something big. It can't be less than this many carrots or less than this much dollars. Oh, okay, you have to go. There's something better for me out there. But don't, don't do the teddy bear. That's just me. That's a personal thing right there. Hear Tony Katz live, weekdays 6 to 9 and noon to 3 on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on the 93 WIBC mashup. 
Jon Stewart made his comeback on The Daily Show, and it drew some big audience. It was his uh, what well, his comeback after nine years of being away. Trevor, Trevor Noah had been filling in, and uh, he was averaging about 385,000 viewers, and uh, Jon Stewart, with that comeback on The Daily Show, had well over a million, 1.9 total. Now, is he back, per- is he back permanently? Or? It seems to be, but it's only going to be a weekly thing, not every night. So he's so he's not back. Like he's not the full time host of the Daily Show again. It's his election coverage. So maybe it, like he'll be there once a week until the election. Okay, is so, my understanding of so, this. Okay, so how long? I guess the I guess the question would be. Why? Because typically, once somebody kind of they you know they exceed right. So Colbert, you know, Stewart did Daily Show, mm-hmm. then went to start making. He was in movies and etc. And then that kind of flamed out because he's not actually all that funny or talented. And and then Colbert kind of the same thing. And he's gone to late night TV, and those ratings are in the toilet because he's not all that funny or talented. So is Stewart kind of like admitting defeat by? I mean, you're going by back coming to, back. You're going to late night. I mean, I guess cable and broadcast are kind of the same now because everybody's got whatever they want to get. But it does kind of seem like a step down, doesn't it? Um, Well, wasn't he doing a bunch of YouTube stuff during COVID, like from his family room? Well, but this this is the point, right? Is like, is it? I guess that would be my question: is is it really a step down? Because we live in a world now where, like we said, hey, Sylvester Stallone and Kevin Costner have two of the top shows Mm -hmm. people are consuming, and neither of them are on television. Period. Right? They're on. Well, I guess they're on Paramount, but they're 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 streaming based for many people. So the world is so nutty now that uh, the more that I've thought through this in my own head as I'm doing this segment, maybe it isn't a step down. Maybe for him, it's like I was really good at this, and I really haven't been all that successful outside of that. Right. I mean, he you had need that. to go back home to what he's comfortable and doing. And if I can do it once a week, then people won't get tired of me. And, you know, maybe it'll, maybe he'll find some, some semblance of homecoming. I've, be, ne- I've never thought, have you ever thought he was, I've never found him to be funny. Well, I used to think he was funny and then he got really, really left. And then with this debut of his election coverage, he was roasting both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It'll be interesting to see uh, if he can retain the viewers that he has on this debut return and definitely it's a a nail in the coffin of uh, Trevor Noah because he more than doubled the viewers but here it is you've got Jon Stewart back with The Daily Show it's another voice in the big you know bowl of soup that we have for all of this but here he is um, doing a wellness check on both Joe Biden and Donald Trump we have two candidates who are chronologically outside the norm of anyone who has run uh, for the presidency in this country, in the history of this country. They are the oldest people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! (laughs) The last time they ran, they are at the age, they are objectively old, they're at the age, there are no more age-related milestones to hit. They got the ARP card. They've got Social Security. They've got their movie discounts. There is no, oh, wait till you hit 88, you get to drink and drive. No! (laughs) The only thing left to them is a Today Show Smuckers (laughs) shout-out. 
He went on and made fun of himself and was showing pictures of how he has aged over the years because it's been 20 years since he first started. He's, he's now graying and looking older. And <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting to hear him say, hey, you know what? I'm even older, but we're all too old to be doing this. He, uh, he went on and he said that the work doesn't end after the election. That's when the work actually continues. The next nine months or so, and maybe more than that, depending on the coup schedule, <laughs> they're going to suck. You're going to be getting emails with insane subject lines like, hello, John, it's Chuck Schumer. <laughs> Donald Trump is right behind you with a knife. You're going to get inundated with robocalls and push polls and real polls. And people are going to tell you to rock the vote and be the vote and vote the vote and the vote. And it's all going to make you feel like Tuesday, November 5th is the only day that matters. And that day does matter. But man, November 6th ain't nothing to sneeze at or November 7th. If your guy loses, bad things might happen. But the country is not over. And if your guy wins, the country is in no way saved. I've learned one thing over these last nine years. And I was glib at best and probably dismissive at worst about this. The work of making this world resemble one that you would prefer to live in is a lunch pail job day in and day out where thousands of committed anonymous smart and dedicated people bang on closed doors and pick up those that are fallen and grind away on issues till they get a positive result and even then have to stay on to make sure that result holds well isn't that it it's the execution that's actually the real work, not winning the election. Yeah, and we did want to let everybody know, apparently we had a freeze on our YouTube uh, feed. It is back up now, and everyone can see us. So, if you got locked out, you can go back in. We are there. We are back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my question, though, Casey, because we are, we are the... I am, I guess I would say, because the worst person to ask about this, because I've lived in this world for the better part of, you know, what, 13, 14 years now. Do people get exhausted with politics? Because this is like how I earn my living. This Mm -hmm. is what I do. So to me, it's like I enjoy the topsy turvy roller coaster world. I enjoy stupid ads. I enjoy Mm -hmm. polls. I do do pre this. Did you get exhausted with politics? Were you a person who come election day were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad it's over. Thank you. I think there's definitely election fatigue among people. For sure. You get sick of seeing the ads. There are certain elements of uh, politics that, oh, I'm just so done with this. Let's just move on. Especially when there's um, court hearings and there's trials and they're pulling witnesses and it's that's all you see. You, yeah, you get you get fatigued from that and you're ready to move on. And he's saying you can't because that's when actually the real work begins. Catch Kendall and Casey live Weekdays 9 to noon on 93 WIBC. Hammer and Nigel on the 93 WIBC mashup. Nigel. Yes. I'm not one for hyperbole. No, no, never. But we may die today. 
I'm sorry? We all may die today because apparently there's a serious national security threat that's kind of going under the radar a little bit. So check this well, out. Well, not anymore. It's, it's pretty big trending on Twitter. In this vague statement released earlier by the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, HPSCI, the chairman, a Republican from Ohio, a guy by the name of Mike Turner, raised a, quote, serious national security threat of which lawmakers have been briefed. Now, this was the tweet. I'm going to read it word for word. Quote, today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Yeah. Old man from Billy Madison, your thoughts? You're all gonna die! Look, man, I, you know, I think it's pretty convenient that uh, this this comes up. They're they're saying uh, sources are telling ABC News it has something to do with Russia, possibly um, relating to space. Two sources telling ABC the concern reportedly comes from Russia having a desire to put nuke nuclear weapons in space. Space we, we nukes don't, don't, sounds like a bad Michael Bay movie. Uh, again, we don't know. Speaker of the House. Johnson said, look, we got both hands on the wheel on this. There's no need for panic, um, but it's something we're going to have to deal with eventually. We don't, you know, and then he couldn't say anything more than that. That's the thing. Um, They're being really secretive here. Like the NSA guy, Jake Sullivan, he had a presser earlier today, and it was one of those pressers where he wants to get you scared, but he can't give you any information. Is there anything you can say to characterize what this threat is or what country it involves? I mean, should the public be alarmed at this point since he has said this publicly? I'm not in a position to say anything further today. Like I said, I look forward to the discussion with him, and obviously from there we will determine how to proceed. But standing here at the podium today, I, I can't share anything further. I thought it was interesting um, a Republican representative out of Arizona, Eli Crane, uh, said, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if this had something to do with the fact that FISA is up for review. Anytime you start talking about FISA reform, Foreign Intelligence uh, Surveillance Act, anytime you start talking about FISA reform, you know the intel community had this way of bringing out the boogeyman. So FISA, of course, is the oh, okay. way the way that um, you know that's up for review, and that's how the uh, Biden and Obama administration was able to spy on the Trump campaign with those right. fi- phony FISA warrants, warrants um, on, uh, I believe. Uh, Carter Page. So um, we may die today, but we may not, according to the NSA. I just want to make that perfectly it, clear. It looks like it's something with Russia and space and their desire to get nukes in space, but I have no, you really don't have any ideas yet. And I'm assuming within the next 24 to 48 hours, we'll know exactly what this is. How I, confident I, I, do you feel that Joe Biden can comprehend the concept of the Russians having nukes in space? <laughs> He can't point out Russia on a map. <laughs> he can't point out the map. So, yes. But again, having to do with Russia, if it's something to do with Russia, I find it very convenient. This, You know, the House is 
now having to consider passing this $60 billion aid package to Ukraine to fight Russia. Right. And now the boogeyman here is saying, oh boy, we've got this national security threat. Everybody freak out having this something to do, presumably with Russia. We don't know for sure. So Chuck Schumer and Todd Young of Indiana, they're probably going to come out and say, we need to keep funding Ukraine because we want them to fight space nukes so we don't have to. Exactly. Got it. Uh, Last night was a bad night for the Republican Party, and it just goes to show why Ronna McDaniel has to go, and there has to be a change in philosophy. She's taken a lot of L's since 2016. A lot of Republican losses, and uh, the fundraising for the Republicans is, is pretty bad. It's, fundraising it's way, is awful. way, way, way down. In fact, I think they might be a million dollars in debt at this point. So, special elections in New York and Pennsylvania, and mail-in balloting, and a bad message from the Republicans all lead to a seat being flipped, and blowouts across the board. Yeah, that was the Santos seat in New York, which I don't necessarily think anybody was surprised by that. Santos is a Republican that got there by being a fraud. Uh, He was expelled by Congress, and, well, look, I mean, okay, say what you want, but that got flipped to uh, blue again. That's a blue district. But this is what frustrates me. The Republicans were so desperate to be liked by everybody and liked by the Democrats. And we want to be viewed as the good guys. Think the Democrats would have done that? They have a representative that pulled a fire alarm to avoid having a vote. Yeah. And they rallied around that guy. The Republicans were so desperate to be liked by the cool kids at the table. Okay, we'll get rid of Santos. Well, you morons, you just lost the seat. The Republicans, (laughs) they look for reasons to take the L sometimes. It's not like they have a supermajority in the House, the Republicans. Right. It got very, it's now even slimmer. It's 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 now even it's it's really really close. And I'm not saying that Santos wasn't a zero. He was, but the Democrats have a lot of zeros. You've got Ilhan Omar. She hates this country. You've got dudes like Bowman pulling the fire alarm, but they rally around their people. The Republicans, okay, we'll get rid of our guy, and then you lost the seat. You get what you deserve sometimes, and this is why there has to be new leadership at the RNC. There has to be new messaging. And I'm sorry, I think this whole push of having outsiders has come to an end. Like, we're airing a lot of commercials on this radio station where you hear whatever candidates say, he's an outsider. Well, maybe that's not necessarily such a good thing. And here to prove my point, I put together an Outsiders political ad about Nigel. Tell me if you think this is going to be an effective (laughs) piece of marketing. Okay. Tired of the same old results? Tired of the status quo? If so, it's time for an outsider. Someone of the outside who has no idea of what the hell to do. (laughs) Nigel Laskowski is that outsider. You don't want experience or a candidate with connections. You want an outsider. Nigel has never been to any council meetings. Why? Because he's an outsider. Uh Experienced candidates will crunch numbers for a budget and work with other elected leaders. Not Nigel. He's an outsider. Nigel plans to show up to work drunk and then spend most of his day on the toilet. When experienced candidates send out a text message of his crank with the caption reading, How's my polling? 
No, an outsider would. So this year, say goodbye to experience and qualifications. Say hello to a man so dumb that he thought grape nuts was an STD. Nigel Laskowski, fat, drunk, outsider. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Yeah, I got the Trump endorsement, baby. You did. <laughs> He's an outsider. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Hammer and Nigel are live every weekday afternoon, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC. The Tony Kennett Cast on the 93 WIBC Mashup. Every single time the President of the United States now steps up on camera, every single person, whether they are walking by a TV and he happens to appear on it, whether they're scrolling past things on their phone, whether you are listening here on the air, whenever Biden's voice appears anywhere around them, people stop and listen for the dementia. The situation has been cracked wide open. When Robert Hur, the special counsel, investigated President Biden's handling of classified documents, retention of those classified documents, and released his findings on that report, no one was expecting her to come out and say, yes, President Biden was guilty, is guilty of mishandling and retaining those classified documents, comma, but... The reason Biden is not going to be recommended for charges is because he is a doddering old man who cannot remember anything and then proceeded to list a lot of the things that the president could not remember. And it has been so bad for the Democrats, because, again, usually there's this kind of Republican perception that many of us have that the Democrats are always unified. They never betray their own. They always have the same talking points. They're always in lockstep, unified towards the goal of winning elections. That's not the case, and it is still not the case. I have never seen Democrats flounder this long and this far in a situation like this, and it is only getting worse. Now, the White House is openly lying about what is in the special counsel's report. Ian Sams today made the bizarre statement that uh, the media was fooled by Robert Hur's investigation, and they misreported Uh, The idea, actually, the media had openly been saying that Biden had willingly retained the classified documents. And Ian Sams, who's the special assistant to the president, and he's also the spokesman for uh, like investigations concerning the White House. He came out and said that the special counsel report from Robert Hur didn't say that. Which is insane. Uh, I actually have a video up right now on Twitter, X, Instagram and the Daily Signal that points out very clearly and crisply that the first page, second paragraph of the report states that Biden, quote, willingly or willfully retained documents. Those are the words of the special counsel report, period. Verbatim, quote, done, it's out. The White House is openly lying now about what is in the report because it has destroyed any chance Biden has of gaining additional voters. Because again, that's the catch. And by the way, things have gotten worse. President Biden in his big, huge press conference after this this report was released, which was super ill-advised and went horribly. We've covered it extensively on the show. 
Biden attacked her during the initial stage of the news conference, saying that her had brought up that Biden's son had died and how dare he and, and Biden carries a rosary and all this stuff. Biden trotted out Bo once again for sympathy points. Only now there is evidence that it was Biden himself that brought up Bo to her. Her never brought up Bo at all. According to NBC News, Catherine Doyle, so you know it's not coming from a right wing source, Biden attacked her. For asking him when Bo died, sources say that never happened. Quote, it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's or who introduced Bo Biden's death. Two people familiar with her's five hour interview with Biden last October said that's why they're not releasing the transcripts of the interview, guys. If they release the transcripts of the interview, then this is another time that Biden has been caught lying in front of the press and everyone's paying attention. This is not a news story that's going away because every single time Biden is on camera is tied to his extremely aggressive dementia and corruption. And it only gets worse because now the House Oversight Committee, James Comer's crew, have subpoenaed transcripts, video and audio of the interview and they may not have a choice but to comply because this is in direct correlation to Biden's impeachment investigation. They're supposed to turn over the documents to the House Oversight Committee by February 19th. According to Fox News Digital, Comer says that he wants unfettered access to these documents to determine if President Biden's retention of sensitive materials were used to help the Biden's influence peddling, which most certainly they were. So this is a nightmare they are not going to be able to wake up from. So at this point, here's the bottom line. It's anyone's race to lose. And it's anyone's race to lose because it's not about getting the base out to vote. The, the base for the Republicans and the base for the Democrats, they're going to come out either way. They're motivated. There are moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats around the country who need to be energized to vote. Based on what you have seen, the moderate Democrats are not coming out to vote for Biden. The dude is beyond toxic. There's no energy in Biden to get you out to go and vote not even for some local elections and Democrat candidates at the congressional level and even the state level are calling him out. Even Bernie Sanders is now calling for Biden to be primaried in Michigan, which is insane. It's so bad that Jack Smith, the special prosecutor in Washington, D.C., going after Trump, has filed an appeal today asking for Trump's trial to continue because they are so desperate to make Trump the focal point of this election again. That's the only thing that can win it for Biden. The only thing that can win this election for President Joe Biden is if Donald Trump is the focal point and he says so many stupid things and alienates so many demographics on the moderate Republican side of the aisle that those who have been spurned by the economy, the border, Biden's dementia, the wars around the world, these massive problems don't come out because they're embarrassed of Trump like people were embarrassed of George Santos. The voting demographics are split like this right now. Males across the board white, black, Hispanic, Indian, Native American, Indo-Pacific Islander, Asian, are on Trump's camp by and large. Whereas some upscale minority votes in inner cities, as well as upper middle class suburban white women, are in the Biden camp. That's what's at stake. It's, it's a very weird situation in which the bases are solidified in, as Libby and I talked about, an incumbent election that is very, very far away. Trump can help himself or hurt himself at this point. Really, it's entirely up to Trump. If he can get people excited to come out and vote for him by saying very basic stuff, I'm going to close the border and then spends the rest of the time just pointing at Biden and calling him out every single time he does something, he wins. 
He went and he, he wins probably much better than we would think in a highly contested election like this. If he says things that embarrass huge chunks of the moderate voter base, it gets really dicey. It's not a guaranteed loss, but it is very, very up in the air. And again, Republicans suck at mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting, especially with Ron McDaniel still in the chair, although by a threat. Get the Tony Kinnett cast live weeknights at 7 on 93 WIBC. Thanks for listening. Get caught back up again tomorrow with the 93 WIPC mashup.